I don't like your attitude. It's a Monday PFT, OT, PFT, PM. You'll see PFT, PM in the podcast feed, PFT, OT. The video will be floating around all over the place. We're going to talk about things we didn't get today, and there's a lot we didn't get to. Yeah, right. One thing, you know, you have failed. I have. You have. You you really should hang your head in shame. Yeah. You did not acknowledge during the show today that December 2 is the birthday of your hero, yes, Aaron Rodgers. I didn't even realize that was his birthday. I mean, what a bad, what a how bad fan. How did you not know I that? Do you know, know how old he is? Uh, I'm going to say he's 35 or You're six. Guessing 35 you don't or know six. How old Somewhere your hero there. is? I think he's 36. He's 36 today. Yeah. Either well, way, if I'm right about his age and you're not. That's really disappointing. He's 36. He's 36 today? 36. Yeah. I, That's old. It is old. It didn't look old yesterday, but happy birthday, Aaron Rodgers. You still are my favorite quarterback, and I say you're still the greatest quarterback I have ever seen. And go ahead and have a scotch tonight, Aaron. I don't know whether it's a happy scotch or a sad scotch. 36 what? is one of those birthdays that you may not be thrilled about because you're starting you're, to gain you're going, some You're getting close distance. to 40. You, you only are. got four more years, right. Aaron, until you're 40. You're right. So maybe, it's a set, maybe it starts off as a happy scotch. And then it becomes a It should scotch. be a happy scotch after his performance yesterday, though. I mean, the happy scotch was last night. Last night. Well, this should be a double happy. I mean, you know, you throw for three touchdown passes, or did he throw for four yesterday? I think he threw for four. You don't I'm, even know the stats. I'm, I'm all over the place Either today. He had three. He no, had three. He, had, he had, wait a minute, he had four yesterday. He did have four. Four yes. yesterday, yeah. 243 yards, four touchdown passes. And and look, they, they, they did what they had to do yeah. coming off of a horrible loss to the San Francisco 49ers. And when you look at their schedule down the stretch – they may not even need to win the game at Minnesota to win the division. If the Vikings lose tonight, I think the Packers still win the division because all they have to do is win three of their last four, and they've got the Bears, they've got the Lions, who who have some guy who right. they grabbed Redskins off the street to play quarterback. they yeah. got Washington, so they should be able to take care of three of the four and win the division. It all comes down to whether or not the Vikings can win in Seattle tonight. But if the Vikings lose, I think you can have another happy scotch. Yeah, well, I you, think it means they'll win the NFC North. You're right. You're right. And, uh, you know, yesterday, again, I mean, it wasn't like the most impressive win. That was, what, 17-13, you know, pretty, pretty late into the football game. But I think the big thing, the big thing with me, with Aaron Rodgers, you know, is he still does special things. And we, how many times yesterday during the game did we all just go, oh my gosh, what a throw, or holy cow, how did he do that? You know, there and at some points where it was really snowing and icy and he can just, it just doesn't ever seem to bother him because of the quality of the football he throws as far as perfect spirals, his arm strength, and his ability just to contort his body into weird positions and still make amazing throws. And uh, yeah, he certainly did a few jaw droppers yesterday. Yeah, and you know he he has aspired to play until he's forty, and he wants to stay with Green Bay for his full career. And you never know how that's going to play out. And you've got a guy now who's forty-two in Tom Brady, who I don't want to write him off. I don't want to yeah. overlook him. I don't. But you know he he's getting upset. Right. And we saw last night he almost threw the helmet. We saw the lip reading, and he was he was trying to get his receivers to get open, and he doesn't have a guy who commands double coverage. And there were reports he was salty about Antonio Brown being cut, and you know he he didn't do much to try to get Gronk to come back. He made it clear he wasn't in the business of trying to talk guys into into unretiring. But they just don't have the weapons. At what point though is it him, 
Is it the what is it? How much responsibility does he have for this? Because the way he talks creates the impression it's yeah. everyone's fault but his. Yeah. Well, that, uh, so thank you because I do agree with that. Yes, it does seem like every you know it's never Tom's fault. Now Tom's still really good, but like this something I've tried to argue with people in the Boston media over the last year and a half, two years. He's not capable of carrying the team anymore when. Yes, the right support system's not around him, you know, and and like, you know, to like what we're talking about. Yeah, he could never make plays like Deshaun Watson where he'd scramble around and make tack, break tackles and do things like that. But what he could do was stand in the pocket fearlessly, move around the pocket, make like unbelievable throws because his arm is special. It's an all-time type of arm he has. And, you know, I think that where I just see a little like, you know, cracks in the armor is – some funchiness in the pocket at times, you know, some unwillingness to want to stand in there and take the hit uh, to make the throw he wants. Um, and that's where I see it, see it a little bit. But, like, to your point, the support system's certainly not there right now. They don't have difference makers. They're not running the ball well. Pass protection's an issue as well. Um, so it's not a great unit, but he's not at the point in his career where he's going to be able to let make them overcome it on a weekly basis against certain teams. I can't not wonder what happens after this season. His contract expires. He can go anywhere he wants to go. Will he want to go try to play somewhere else? Because, you know, there's always this concern. If I leave the Patriots, yeah. the Patriots may thrive without me. You look at that roster, that roster ain't thriving without him. Right. Who's going to play quarterback? Yep. Who's going to play receiver? How are they going to retool in one off season yep. that side of the ball? He may be better off replacing Drew Brees in New Orleans, replacing Phillip Rivers with the Chargers. I, you know, even, even if they're not dominant, that, that's what he's going to have to ask himself. How do I feel about my chances to win Super Bowl number seven next year if they don't get to number seven this year? Yes, right. Do I feel strongly about it, New England, or do I just keep playing for someone else? Do yeah. I just, you know, they went 10 years between winning Super Bowls. He had 10 fruitful and significant seasons without a Super Bowl championship. You don't have to win it every year. Right. And at this age, just to keep playing, to the extent he wants to boost the TB12 brand, just keeping playing is a big deal. And if you're playing for a high profile team, you know, if, if you end up, with the Saints replacing Drew Brees. If you end up with the Chargers replacing Philip Rivers, wherever you go is going to become a high-profile team. Yeah. And maybe he'd, he'd like to, to free himself from just that that gloom that always hovers over the Patriots because of Bill Belichick. Well, yeah, it's it's a it's a grind. It certainly is. But he's only, you know, he's synonymous with the Patriots. I just can't imagine him going anywhere uh or playing football for any other football team and also would Boston fans turn on him if he left I don't think so I mean they might be mad at him for a year or two but it's one of those things where he he's already like in the fabric in the DNA of that city forever and ever I mean he's got an Irish last name in Boston and he wins Super Bowls that's pretty unstoppable there it would but, help to leave the conference yeah I, I would definitely but I, I look at it the other way too like you know Mike I mean if they could this offseason get a receiver or two, you know, I think that would make a big difference in the whole outlook of the team in general. You know, you know, yeah, it was Antonio Brown and whatever. If they could get an AJ Green or they, you know, end up making a move in the draft to get a big time receiver, whatever it is, it won't take a lot, I don't think. I still think they're a team that, you know, of course, is ten and two and one of the best in football, but offensively, 
hey, the offensive line, it's not great. It's kind of having a down year. They've been banged up. They've had to deal with issues like that, but I don't think it's far off from being really good, and we saw it was really good last year when they won the Super Bowl. You know, the tight end position, that's hurt them, so they've had to kind of dance with a new formula as far as uh, that's concerned. Sony Michelle hasn't been as great. You know, and then they just they need another receiver or weapon to go along with Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry as he continues to develop and Mohamed Sanu. That's a threat that can change coverages and t- change how teams approach them right now. Right now, when you play the Patriots, it's like what is something I've always said with like Aaron Rodgers or some of those guys. It's like, what are you worried about when you play their offense? Who scares you? Nobody really scares you. If you can take away Julian Edelman over the middle of the field and all those great plays they have designed for him, what else is going to beat you? And I think that's the big question uh, that they, they got to kind of find the answer to here down the stretch. There was a question last night as the coaches left the field following Bill O'Brien's first ever victory over Bill Belichick. O'Brien had spent time in New England. He had been 0-5 against Belichick. You saw it. Yeah. What, what What did you make of the – everything with Bill Belichick is awkward. Yes, some right. Or another. What did you make of that interaction? Uh, yeah, I mean, Bill is never really warm and cozy with anybody, Bill Belichick, that is, after games. But that seemed to be more abrupt than normal. It was literally like a walk – cross your body. I shook your hand so we could say we could do it, but I'm not really going to break my stride of walking to where, yeah, I, I looked at it as like, ooh, I think he's still a little bitter about the offseason stuff. I, 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 to me, that looked like he felt like old friends went behind his back and schemed something up without telling him. And he's probably like, I've done a lot of good for you guys and have, you know, tried to, you know, push you in the right direction and shed some knowledge on you. And then here you guys go behind my back. You're talking about the cap. effort to hire away Nick Casario. Exactly. That, yeah. that, that, that to me, was probably what, what showed to me. Hey, the fact that the Patriots filed tampering charges suggests that there is some venom there. There's some hostility, there's some hard feelings. You know, the, the belief was that that Jack Easterby, who had been an executive with the Patriots, shows up at the ring ceremony at Robert Kraft's house, spotted talking extensively with Nick Casario, and it's the next day that the Texans fired Brian Gain and immediately requested permission to interview Nick Casario. So they they were... They were skeptical about it from the get-go. Yep. It got ugly quickly, and the Texans backed off. But uh, but, but you're right. There's a right way to do things. There's a wrong way to do things. And, and look at where the Texans are. They didn't get Casario. They may never get Casario. They're yeah. talking about not having a GM for next year, although I'll believe that when I see it. But uh, it could be that there's a little something there. And uh, yeah, the bottom line is Belichick got his butt whooped for the second time this year on a Sunday night. And uh, you just have to wonder how many more of those are coming. Right. I, 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 you know, I don't know if a lot are coming as far as getting their butt whooped, but that's a scary matchup for them nonetheless. In the playoffs, if Deshaun Watson and company come into town and the Texans' defense does look like it's turning the corner a little bit there, uh, especially with some of these new, you know, uh, people they've acquired through, you know, Vernon Hargraves, Gary and Conley, you know, Reed getting back healthy. Maybe they can bolster that defense a little bit to where they're formidable because that's been a big issue. But man, if Watson comes to town and has to go up to New England, that will not be, you know, an easy matchup for the New England Patriots at any point. Chiefs at the Bengals, Bills and Dolphins. Three of their final four games are at home. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots should be able to get a bye. Yes. They, they may have squandered their their shot at the top seed. But, you know, you talk about Deshaun Watson, you look at what he did to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. We saw what Lamar Jackson did. We've seen historically what mobile quarterbacks do. Right. One of the, it, it makes me convinced that the Patriots' next quarterback is going to be mobile. 
I wouldn't be shocked that if they went that way and they, they, you know, they're the type of uh, coaching staff that has proven to us that they're uh, ahead of the times more times than not, whether inventing new offensive philosophies, even what they're doing on defense. Well, they're right behind now. the times now. Well, yeah, they are, but they've gotten, you know, okay. They're behind the times. And what was the price of being behind the times winning six Super Bowls and going to nine of them? I, I don't disagree so, with yeah, that. Right. But my point is yes. we the trend is already locked yes. in. They're catching up to everybody else. Right. If they get a mobile quarterback. Yeah, no. Uh, y- yes, it is. Is, but I still think New England would be more the type to know how to utilize it. But I think they really like Jared Stidham too. And I don't know if they're going to, you know, change a whole lot for what their approach is as far as Belichick, offensive football, what he learned with the Giants and, and all of that. I still think they're going to be somewhat what we see right now. Uh, but they just need more weapons on offense in general. Once upon a time, they really liked Jimmy Garoppolo. He was a second-round pick in 2014. Yeah. He got a chance to play some during the Deflategate suspension, was traded abruptly for a second-round pick to the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, he's the starter. He's 18-3. and There are still questions about trusting him in the clutch. Do we trust him in big spots, big moments, big games, big throws? I I do. I I understand the the national narrative. What do you base it on, though? Well, I base it on that, you know, one, we we saw some clutch moments, okay, against the Arizona Cardinals already. We saw clutch moments against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I know also in that Seattle Seahawks game, we saw some misthrows and a drop interception at the end of the game that has framed our opinion. But also, you know, hey, one of the interceptions went right through his receiver's hands in that Seattle Seahawks game. They got returned down to like the 10-yard line. He threw the ball perfectly. It was on target. You know, uh, had the drop pass at the end of the game that was in a third down completion that, you know, ultimately led them kicking a field goal to make it 21 all. So I've seen enough there through the games and they've been in a few close football games to where I don't look at it like he's buckling under the pressure. I don't. Do I think he can be a little loose and careless with the ball at the times over the middle and things like that? Yes. Uh, but I think yesterday, you know, all in all, it was tough to gauge because of the weather, but he played well and he hung in there and he gave them a chance to win the football game. Yeah, look, I want to see it in a big moment, whether it's week 17, when they're deciding the one seed potentially with the Seahawks, whether it's in the playoffs, he's just going to have to prove it. Yeah. It's almost like a Kirk Cousins thing. You got to prove it to me because so far you haven't done anything that makes me believe you're that guy. Right. Yeah. No, I know. Well, he's yes. Against the really cream of the crop teams. You're right. He has not done that yet. And I think that's the, until that's answered, nobody's going to feel warm and cozy about the 49ers. And there's still a chance he face plants. And if Tom Brady is looking for destinations next year, that the, the 49ers could be the, Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, but, you know, again, that's Kyle Shanahan. He wants guys that can move and boot and play action. I don't know if that's Tom Brady's forte right now. And hey, he's 10 and 2, Jimmy Garoppolo. They're doing a lot of good things. And uh, I I would be shocked if he doesn't play a big, a good game this week in New Orleans. We'll we'll see. And this is the next test. And this is that gauntlet. Three straight games with opponents with 80% winning percentages or greater. First time in the Super Bowl era it's happened this late to have three opponents that are that good back-to-back-to-back from the Packers to the Ravens and now to the Saints. Uh, The Chiefs, 49. Hey, everything's fine. Everything's great. Right. 175 passing yards for Patrick Mahomes. Uh All those weapons. What's going on? Yeah, I I just don't know if there's enough versatility in the offense as far as what they do, you know, formation-wise and then schematically. You know, this is something that was talked about early in the year. Um you know, they're not a team that runs routes. They just run and go downfield. And we've seen them struggle against the Chargers. We saw, you know, of course, 
You know, the game yesterday against the Oakland Raiders where, hey, they still make plays, and I get that, but it's not nearly the offensive machine that we became accustomed to last year. Uh, I just think that, you know, there just has to be a little more in the inventory of offense. It just can't always be Patrick Mahomes and the shotgun and, hey, three guys go deep and we'll have one guy running a shallow cross underneath. There, there's got to be some other ways to attack in general, whether that's getting under the center, more play action pass design, which I really liked when they had Matt Moore in there. Um, but I think they're just a little per- bit predictable in their attack. And you can play areas against them. That's the thing that jumps out to me. You can, hey, this formation, great. And they did all this, you know, motions before the snap. But when it's all said and done, they kind of end up in this area. And I think defense have kind of pegged that and figured that out to a degree. It really is amazing to see 40 points when the offense just wasn't there. Passing game, you had five catches for 90 yards by Travis Kelsey, five for 55 by Tyree Kill, Deshaun McCoy, three for 20. Sammy Watkins didn't have a catch. He was targeted three times. Nicole Hardman wasn't even targeted right. during the game. Really amazing to see. And their leading rusher was Darwin Thompson with 44 yards, and yet somehow they explode for 40 points against the Raiders. That's got to be driving your guy, John Gruden, even more crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, because his defense. Short fish, yeah. field position. Right. right. And, his defense and, looked like it played good enough for them to hang in there yesterday. But you're right. When Derek Carr throws an interception to start the game, leaves him a short field throws a pick six right that's 14 points right off the bat and with guys like Mahomes and some of those weapons you mentioned yeah it doesn't take a lot for them to strike especially when they get close to that red zone area that's where Mahomes is awesome something we did not discuss at all during the program and and look I I apologize Buccaneers fans if you had won more games in September October November we'd talk about you in December yeah yeah they beat the Jaguars the, the big story coming out of that game, though, is Nick Foles gets benched mm-hmm. for Gardner the Ginsu Minshew, who made things a little interesting. It was 25-11. to 11, They were driving, and if they score there, They're there's gonna be a plenty of time game, left, right. one-score game. Right. But, uh, I, the, boy, the Jaguars are just burning money on quarterbacks. The Blake Bortles money, the Nick Foles money, and Gardner Minshew looks like the guy. And the question becomes, will they allow their pride and ego to take a back seat? to the reality that Minshew is the better option, or will they double down because of all the money they gave Foles, chasing all the money they gave Bortles? Will they stick with Foles because of the fact that they signed him to that big deal? Four years, $88 million with $45 million guaranteed at signing. Yeah, and I mean, so they can't, they're not getting out of it. He's going to be there one more year, whether they like it or not. And like to what you're saying, the real question is, do they have the guts just to play who the better guy is? And, you know, whether they let them compete through spring and and summer and Gardner Minshew comes out on top, will they be okay to go, okay, our backup's making 20-plus million dollars a year, but he's the backup because he's not as good as the starter. Gardner Minshew definitely looked better than Nick Foles yesterday. There's there's no doubt about that. Nick Foles has been very underwhelming to this point. I mean, there's nothing really to talk about. You know, I mean, again, you know, his – his pocket awareness, his lack of mobility were a big issue. You know, I don't think his arm looks necessarily anything special either. I mean, when Gardner Minshew got in the game, I went, whoa, look at him move around. Whoa, wow, that ball kind of popped off his hand. So, you know, I know it's hard to overcome injury and things like that, which Nick Foles has had to do, but it just hasn't been pretty since he's been back. I mean, it's been worse than not, not pretty. It's been bad. And and look, on one hand, you can, you can hang your head in shame because you – 
wasted money on Blake Bortles and Nick Foles. On the other hand, you can say, hey, we found Gardner Minshew. Yeah, right, right. right. And Minshew, Minshew has shown some potential. And it's an entertainment business. You need people to want to show up to the games. And I think they're more excited by Minshew. Definitely. And, uh, and look, some change is coming to that organization. It seems I think like Tom Coughlin's going to be gone, whether yeah. he wants to go or not. Right. And, and the question becomes, does Doug Marone stay? Does yeah. Dave Caldwell stay? Dave Caldwell's done a decent job of putting a, a quality team together. Right. And again, they've yeah, they've swung and missed on some guys, but they also have a nucleus there. I've never seen a Super Bowl window shatter yeah. so quickly. Yeah, no, it shattered Two years quickly. ago. Right. Here they were. Right. And if anything, you know, on paper. And, and look, I think Coughlin, Coughlin needs to go because of the fact that he's the guy that pissed off Jalen Ramsey and made Ramsey want to live. Yeah, sure. He eliminated. And yeah, they got two first-round picks out of it and a fourth-rounder. But you'd rather have the player, I think, and and you can't have who wanted key to executives. keep Blake Bortles. You That's another have, thing, right? You can't right. have key executives pissing off, yeah, your your best players or any right. of the players you care about keeping. Right? You know, yeah. I mean, uh, you're exactly right. That wasn't a good look. I mean, Doug Marone made comments yesterday in the post game about he doesn't like that he's being second guessed in his own organization. I mean, I don't know. When I hear that, I think Tom Coughlin well, second guessing look, him. Look, you you bring in a guy who was a coach, right? who still wanted to coach yeah, and still views himself as a coach. Yes. And they still call him coach. Of yeah. course he's going to second guess him. I remember saying when he got the job, he's going to be beside himself up in, like Mike Sherman was, yeah. Mike, Sherman, Mike Holmgren was when he was the, the surrogate owner of the Browns because Randy Lerner didn't want to have anything to do with owning the team. It drove Holmgren crazy right. to be up in the booth. Right. You're used to being on the sideline yeah. and you are going to second guess. Any, anything that that guy does – differently than how you would have done it, you're going to view it as wrong yeah. because it's different than how you would have done it. Yeah, no. And it's, and it's, it's, it's got to wear you out. It's got to wear you out. It's a very tough situation for Doug Marone to be stuck in there. And yeah, like I said, I will go back to the Blake Bortles thing. Whose decision was that? I don't know. I mean, from the things I hear around the NFL, it was Tom Coughlin's. And I want to go, okay, yeah, I know they got to the AFC Championship game, but come on. They got to the AFC Championship game because that defense did historic things that year. Historic. They were like scoring a touchdown a game. They were pulling miracles out on a weekly basis. That's how dominant they were. We were calling them Saxonville because they were on pace at one time to break the record for sacks in a season. Uh, so they were amazing, but they let the, oh, we got to the AFC Championship game you know, kind of blind their vision to me. And then they negotiated against themselves with Blake Bortles. There was nobody negotiating. They just kept going, raising the bar for themselves. I don't know what they were doing there, you know. And I, I think about like a guy like John Elway, who he made a decision when his team went to the divisional playoff game in the Denver Broncos. He said, you know what? It's great that we went to the divisional playoff game with Tim Tebow, but we want to win Super Bowls. And I don't think we can realistically win a Super Bowl with this guy at quarterback. And therefore, he made a move. And that's where Jacksonville, I think, uh, dropped the ball. Here's what I'd like to see the Jaguars do. And yeah. I'm speaking directly to Shad Khan, Tony Khan, the ownership structure, free advice, money back guarantee. Give it a year with Marone and Caldwell without Coughlin. Let Coughlin go and let these two guys try to do something. I think Coughlin has done. All due respect, look, potential Hall of Fame head coach, yeah. two Super Bowl wins. I think it was a mistake to bring him back. If you're going to bring him back, make him the coach. Mm -hmm. It's been more harm than good, grand scheme of things, total balance. Yeah. And I think it's time to just move on. It was nostalgic, former coach of the team, did great things there. But 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 I think it, it was a bad idea for everybody. And, and, and let the guys who were there, give, give them a year. And see what you can do, unless you're damn sure you can find better. Right. And that's that's the or else. That's what every team that is considering changing coach or GM has to ask. 
where do I find better and how am I confident that I'm going to get an upgrade over who I currently have? But in Jacksonville, I think patience would make sense once Coughlin is gone. I, yeah. just, I just think that that any success they've had the past few years has almost been in spite of having a guy who can't help himself. It's his nature. Yeah, right. I would be that way. Yeah, I get it. Totally. I All totally right. get it. All right, we're done. All right. A uh, lot of six topics today. Well done. Yeah, you, you, you don't get any extra Wait money. I know I don't. Screw right. you. Well, we'll see. Everybody have a great day. Chris Sims unbuttoned later today. Ravens 49ers and another game deep dive. PFT PM tomorrow with MDS Week 13 Awards. PFT Live bright and early tomorrow morning. Everybody have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. See ya.